0: Hi, guys, my name is Desi Kadra, and welcome to my podcast Bridging the Round. I'm super excited to have our guest today. His uh, knowledge on the topic of numerology, tarot, and everything to do with spirituality has just amazed me. Uh, And I'm really, really glad to have him with us today. So, his name is Richard Abbott, he's a numerologist and a spiritual teacher. He has studied numerology since 1989 after meeting his first teacher, Arthur Norris, who introduced him to the mystical traditions. Richard has written extensively on the topics of numerology, tarot, meditation and spiritual practices and has published seven books on the subject. His aim is to help people activate their best self and provide guidance for those who seek a better way of life. So Richard, welcome to Bridging the Realm. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, how are you today? How's everything with you? Uh,
1: good. Uh, it's a little warm for my for my liking, but I'll I'll live with it. I'll I'll suffer the punishment.
0: I know. Yeah. Us London. Well, British people are not really used to. Um,
1: no, hotline, we're not.
0: So we we're have not. to get. Yeah, we have to suffer now. But yeah. So. First of all, um, before going into the numerology, let's start with how you got into this and what made you go into this in the first place, because I find your story so fascinating. So I really think the audience would um, also like to hear that.
1: Okay, so uh, it goes back to being at school. Um, it goes back to being at school in the late 1980s and being very interested in, uh, in all mystical alternative kind of things. So a couple of things happened. I in the in the town in a town that was very near to where I lived, there was a um an occult shop. And uh, I found out about it because it was on the front page of the local evening paper. um, Because it had been firebombed, it had been attacked, vandalized, supposedly, they said, uh, by fundamentalist Christians. Uh, I'm not sure they ever got to the bottom of that, but that's what it supposedly was. Um, so, I, so, of course, that was splashed all over the front page of the paper. I thought, ah, I'll have some of that. I'll, I'll go and visit there and see what this is all about. So I went along to this place. So we're talking like <clears throat> 1988 now. I went along to this place and it was like, it was, it was actually like going into, if in you know your Harry Potter, into Diagon Alley where Harry Potter goes to buy his wand and all that kind of stuff. It was like that before Harry Potter even existed. And it was just unbelievable. It was like going into a different, it was like going into a different dimension. And I walked in the shop and I thought, <clears throat> this, is, this, is my, this is my world. And I maxed out my um, credit card and I maxed out my um, savings, buying loads of stuff and proceeded to start learning about it and using it. Um, the first thing that I did, the first practical thing that I did was I decided to do the astrology chart of people that I knew, and particularly my um, my favorite teacher at school. So I, I took my teacher's details and I said, I'll do you your astrology chart if you like. And, and he was like, oh yeah, whatever. And uh, I did it and I worked it out. I did it from scratch, no computers. And I gave it to him and then nothing else was said. Then a couple of weeks later, he was taking the lesson. We were doing, he was an economics teacher. So we were meant to be doing like whatever, inflation or prices or whatever. And he said, we're not gonna do the curriculum today. Today I want to talk about astrology, he said. And he basically want, he opened up the, the class to talk about astrology because he was so amazed that this, this report that I'd done for him was so accurate. He'd never encountered anything like it in his life. He was a cold, hard, rational, logical person. It was all nonsense. But suddenly, he was blown away. And I was, like, I was completely embarrassed and mortified. I didn't know what to, to, to do about this at all. But I didn't need to worry too much because that was the last lesson that he ever Gave at that school because one of the kids had gone home their parents had said what did you do today in economics and they said we talked about astrology the parents rang up the school and got him fired no way <laughs> i bumped into him there so that was i didn't see him again and that was like oh astrology i'm not doing any of that anymore but i bumped into a few years later and I said, look, I'm really sorry what happened. He said, no, 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 don't be. It's the best thing that ever happened. The astrology showed me that actually I wasn't really meant to be a teacher.
2: He'd
1: wow. left. He'd got a complete career change. Obviously, it had been dramatic at the time, but it, it set his life on a new track. And That was when it obviously dawned on me that, uh, okay, right, we're, we're on to something here.
0: So he, so he was, yeah, so he was completely fine. I guess from what I've seen, a lot of people actually, that's how it happens. They kind of don't believe in it, don't believe in it. And then until someone shows them, oh, actually, and they're like, oh, okay, this is so true. And then they just start off on this completely different, different path. Wow. And
1: of course, you've got to remember that this was a long time ago. This was 88, 89. I mean, that's, that's, that's a different world, man. That was a different world back then. Um, I was, I was freaky for even being into it in the first place Mm. for, for the teacher of the class to start talking about it, it it got even more freaky.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I can imagine it was really frowned upon because yeah, even yeah. Back in those days, yeah, I can imagine it was very much like, no, this is a cult. This is the devil or anything to do with that.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was an interesting time because I mean, I was I was a li- I was slightly too young to really to really get it, but that eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, nineteen ninety kind of time, um, it was raves, dance music, and there was a bit of a change going on. So actually, although that happened at, at school, um, very quickly afterwards, it became quite normal. So I was I was then I remember we used to go to raves and and what have you in about 1990 and, and I was the resident weirdo that did tarot cards and numerology <laughs> but actually it wasn't weird because people were like oh this is totally cool
2: yeah so
1: I, w- I would go to to clubs wanting to you know that you do at right, and actually I would land up giving readings for people
0: yeah so you were, you were that guy
1: <laughs> I, was that, I was that guy yeah I was that guy
0: there was the, there's always there always has to be one at least isn't it that does something like this that makes you think yeah. oh, okay this is I wouldn't really this is weird but I like it kind of thing
1: yeah and it, but it was totally accepted so so by there was a quick shift by about 1990 or so it was in the people I was mixing with it was just like normal
0: mm, mm. Okay, so tell me about the psychic fair that you went to.
1: Yeah, so so shortly after the, the astrology um, <clears throat> thing at school, I went to. So I was on my quest then to find out what was going on. So I went to a a, a psychic fair uh, on a Saturday, and I I walked around the place. It was a very small one in a in a um, in Northampton, so you know rural, provincial England and uh i really wanted to have a tarot reading with this uh with this woman from liverpool mm. and the fact that i wanted to have a tarot reading with this woman from liverpool was probably nothing to do with the tarot if i was honest it was probably to do with her okay. um but anyway so i put my name down on her little list you know how the drill works
2: yeah.
1: and um and went back at the allotted time and she wasn't available So I wrote my name down later on on the day and and she wasn't available for that either. And I tried this about three or four times and each time I was meant to be having the reading with her, she wasn't available. Okay. All right. Whatever. (laughs) End of the day, go home. So then it was a two day event. So I went back on the Sunday. Now on the Sunday, uh, so, so, so where I, I lived in a small village with my parents and it was about, uh 10 or 12 miles away from the place where the psychic fair was and back in those days this sounds like it's coming out of the victorian times but mm-hmm. back in those days um bus services were quite limited so there was no bus from where i lived to where i wanted to go on the sunday There yeah. was on the saturday that's how i got there but it wasn't on the sunday yeah right my parents were never going to take me so how was i going to get there so I walked, and I'll never—it will never leave me what happened. So I, I started walking, you know, ten or twelve miles. So it was a long time it took me to get there, and it rained all the way. Oh God! All the way, and like that rain, where sometimes it's—it doesn't come down; it comes at you in your face.
0: Oh God! It was
1: so hardcore, and I remember thinking. What am I doing? Why why am I even here? Why don't I just go home? This is insane. And I remember thinking that. And then at that moment, because it was windy and raining, at that moment, I just felt a disgust of wind at my back, which almost like lifted me up. It didn't obviously lift me up, but it felt like it lifted me up and just like pushed me forward. Yeah. So that I, I thought, let's just go home and be done with it and leave this. But actually, I wasn't, I was going. I was going to the place. So I got to the place, in the end, soaked soaked to the skin. (laughs) Went to have, went to try again, to have a reading with this tarot reader from Liverpool. Yeah. She'd gone home on the Saturday, she wasn't there.
0: God, just wasn't meant to be, was
1: it? (laughs) It wasn't meant to be. So, but I obviously was meant to be there. So I looked around the room, and I thought, what am I gonna do now? And you know, a few other a few random things happened. But basically I, I, I clocked in the corner this old guy.
2: Mm.
1: And I just thought, you know stuff. You know stuff, mate. I I could see that you know things. Yeah. I didn't know what he knew, but it was obvious that he, you know, did. He was old and wise kind of looking. <laughs> like and, he uh, business. But, but he, yeah, I did. But it but he'd been there on the Saturday and I hadn't noticed. Mm. So anyway, so I sat down um, and we had a reading. So we did a little bit of palmistry, a little bit of astrology and a little bit of numerology. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said lots of things, um, but none of, re- none of the things really I could connect with. Couldn't really, I could understand it, but it wasn't ringing true
0: wasn't resonating yeah
1: it wasn't resonating at all really but he recorded it he put it all on tape and i paid him 10 quid and he gave me the tape and i went home and that was it and he was very nice and end of story yeah (laughs) so that was in the november then fast forward to like the may of the following year and really in that six months so I, i took that tape and i'd forgotten about it i'd put it in the drawer in my, in my room and I'd forgotten about it. But in the six months, my life had just gone like completely chaotic. Mm-hmm. Everything had kind of happened.
2: Wow. Um,
1: I'd, I'd moved out of my parents' house. I'd moved in with a girlfriend. It was totally chaotic. I'd left school um, for lots of reasons uh, before I should have done. And like, I'd got into some bother and it was both bad, my life was bad news. It was going downhill rapidly
0: yeah in
1: those six months in those six months Mm. and i was going through some stuff and i i found the tape that this old man yeah Yeah. whose name was arthur had given me and i and i went oh yeah i remember that and i put the tape on and everything that had happened in the last six months he had described it oh wow he had said it
0: so he looking back so he predicted pretty much everything that had happened in those six months.
1: Every single thing. And of course, that's why I, I had poo-pooed it at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, that's never going to happen. How could that possibly be? Oh, that yeah. just doesn't even make sense. But it had all happened. And it had all happened exactly as he had said.
0: Wow. That's...
1: Uh, and I hadn't attracted it because I'd completely forgotten about it. I, mm-hmm. I just, I'd poo-pooed it and stuck the tape in the drawer so listening to it was like oh jesus why didn't i why didn't i listen to this six oh, months God. ago i could have avoided a lot of grief
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like why didn't i believe in it <laughs> why didn't i believe
1: so i thought right i've got to do something about this so i wrote to him as you did back in the day no email no texting i wrote to him and said can i come and learn please And that's when i started being uh, he was he became my teacher um, and I became his pupil, and that was 1990, and it continued until he died in 2010.
0: So that was just that one instance. It took you that one instance to go from, oh, I don't believe in this, to, oh my God, I want to learn about this.
1: It was so everything that he'd said, and he'd been really good as well because um, he'd not only given the reading, but he'd actually explained what he was doing and explained where he'd got it from. So, for example, I remember. Um, the tower card was very strong in the reading, uh, so rather than just saying a load of stuff that he saw, he said uh, he described and explained a little bit about what the tower was, mm. which enabled me to not only like uh, uh, get the guidance but also learn a little bit as well. Yeah. So I could understand what had happened.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So yeah, it. I mean, I, I was I believed it before, but it was at that point where I was like, okay. Right, this is... I better be getting real with this.
0: (laughs) Or else I'm going to have another episode where I don't listen and my life just goes to hell.
1: Well, and actually then in in the 20 years that followed, I did have a few episodes where I didn't listen and my life did go into various kind of crises. But it's all part of the learning, is it not?
0: Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, we all have to learn our own way. And I guess it's not until you... I've noticed with, with people, you just have to be ready to receive that information to really just take it in. No matter how many people try to tell you something, it's like, OK, yeah, you know, it, it's, but it's just not going in. It's not really absorbing into your consciousness.
1: So here's um, so Arthur's like um, comment on that was that we can only learn what we're ready for.
2: Mm,
1: yeah. And if we're not ready, we can't learn it. And it doesn't matter how much we try and stuff it in our heads. If we're not ready for it, it just won't go in.
0: Yeah. And I think back to some of my readings when I had like five years ago, when I first kind of went into spirituality and stuff. And in the beginning, it didn't really make much sense to me. You know, it was kind of like, oh, okay. So your family, this is what happened. And this is why it happened. And I was like, yeah, okay. It kind of makes sense, but not too much. But then only years later after I've listened to them, oh okay that's what she meant by that you know there's this kind of like eureka moment where you just think oh okay i I see i see now yeah that's that's a pretty cool um that's quite interesting but yeah you do kind of beat yourself up and think oh only if i listen but yeah i guess that's just not how how it happens yeah
1: absolutely but and yeah if only i had but then again on the other hand if i hadn't of um if i had of listened rather So if I'd have listened to his initial predictions, like way back in 1989, um, I probably would not have gone back to him. Yeah. I probably would have avoided the trouble and gone down a different path and not gone back to him, actually. So it kind of worked out all right in the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like that catalyst had to happen for you to really just kind of look at it properly and be like, oh, okay, that's that's something I want to go into now. Yeah.
1: yeah. And understanding something or already. So hearing something is one thing, understanding what you're hearing is another, but living it is completely another thing entirely. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, readings, generally speaking readings, you know, you have to kind of, you have to live, you have to live your life.
0: Mm. Yeah, totally. And I've seen that with a lot of people, especially in the spiritual, um, people who get into spirituality and I see that you know you've got people who uh go to all these retreats and do all this like work on themselves but then it's almost like something's not quite clicking you know there's not that sort of realization of oh actually I have the power to do all these things for myself like that's one of the main things I've realized um people kind of That go into this they kind of just expect for the teacher to heal them or or fix them there's this you know um sort of belief that oh if i go to this person they they'll fix me and they they'll make me better but um i feel like yeah it takes it takes a lot of self-work to kind of have this realization that actually it all comes from you but obviously they, they they guide you isn't it they guide you but you have to do the work for yourself
1: yeah yes and it's not just um that that's the best way to do it. I think it's the only way to do it because if somebody does the work for you, the work actually doesn't get done. So the person has to do it themselves. I mean, another, I've met lots of people over the years and I remember one thing which one person, one wise old lady said to me once, which is that um, on this path of learning about all this stuff, really what happens all the time is that people journey away from themselves, you know, for maybe a long time and in, in lots of ways, in order to journey back to themselves again. Mm. So we find out what we are, what we really are, by trying loads of avenues of what we're not.
0: Yeah, totally. In
1: other words, we have to make, we have to make mistakes.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have
1: to make mistakes. Mm. And it's, it's a bitch, mm. but it's true.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's definitely... The best way to do it and it's almost like you have to try you have to know what you don't want like what you just said you have to know what isn't you in order to go towards what is you it's almost like trying to narrow it down by trying out all the things that you don't like and then you're kind of getting to less and less and less things and and then you think oh okay this is this feels like me (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so so numerology uh, is one of the things that that arthur taught me and and it's very um so numerology is just understanding the uh, the mystical and energetic value of numbers um and what are the principles of numerology is is that you begin in life by doing lots of addition in other words you add this to your life add that experience to your life do this do this see that person see that person go here go here you're just adding experiences
0: yeah
1: but actually then you get to a certain point where what you want to be doing is subtracting things and you say, actually, no, I don't need that person in my life anymore. Actually, I, I want to not be like that anymore. I want to take that away from my life. So there the really whole works. of life is a kind of addition and subtraction thing.
0: Yeah. Do you think that happens uh, more with sort of things like retrogrades and, you know, astrological kind of things? or?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it does. But I think also, I think more broadly, it happens when there are crises. Mm. So Arthur used to say that crises, crises, crises are... When, um, when there are lessons that we don't want to learn, that uh-huh. so when there's a lesson coming at us or we don't want to learn it, we've decided consciously or subconsciously, oh, no, no, I'm not having any of like that. Then a crisis will kick off. Yeah, and it could be a personal crisis or it could be a social, national, global, whatever. It's always something that we don't want to know.
2: Mm.
1: So, but whenever this, so in times of um, Let's, let's say it's global crisis, right? Let's say we're in, a, in, we're in that kind of time. Yeah. Actually, that is bound to accelerate a lot of people's learning. And it's bound to accelerate a lot of people in their process of subtraction because they're going to say, that doesn't work. That system is BS. That person's an idiot. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't want to know about that. So they land end up subtracting all this nonsense from their life that they thought it used to be good, and actually, they've realised it's not. Yeah. So suddenly, the the world crisis actually becomes really positive out the other end.
0: Mm. It's almost like the universe's way of um, pushing you into a corner and saying, "Right, <laughs> you either make the choice now, or you don't. You either get rid of this, or I'll, I'll force you." Basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But like, so like in my situation with that reading, if I had listened to the reading, I would have avoided six months of uh, of. It's quite heavy grief but I didn't so we always have a choice whether we kind of you know whether we whether we are prepared to be guided or not
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but even if we're not we will be in the end because we will we will realize that we have to be
0: yeah yeah it's almost like those lessons that you were meant to learn you're going to learn them one way or another it's just it depends it's up to you whether you choose the hard way or the easy way (laughs)
1: absolutely so so he used to say uh, whenever anything went wrong uh in my life uh, and i was complaining about it or if ever i was commenting about um the world in general and saying oh my god what's going on here what's all this about he would say always the same thing he would say well it's all to learn from that's a good way which to think about it which it is which is true all yeah. to learn from whatever it is it's it's all to learn from. And there's, and there's never a point where that learning is done.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're constantly kind of evolving, aren't you? There's always something you need to expand on. So um, in terms of numbers, let's um, speak a little bit more about that. i really like the way you described it here. Um, you said numbers reveal the essence, structure, form, and shape of all life through defining its vibration. What do you mean by that?
1: Okay, so... Everything is number, everything is number. Um, The chair that you're sitting on probably has four legs. If it's got a central spindle thing on wheels, then all right, it's only got one of those things, but maybe it's got five wheels, right? So anything, you've got two eyes, um, two nostrils, two ears, whatever it is that you can think about yourself or about the world, you can, uh, its root is in numbers. And there isn't anything that is, uh, there isn't anything that is manifest Let me say it the other way around. Everything that, that you can touch um, is to do with numbers. It's mm. rooted in numbers. So maybe ideas or concepts or things like love can't be put into numbers, but as soon as it comes into a manifest material form, it's, mm. it's all to do with numbers. Yeah. So what are those numbers? Well, numbers are energy. And the energy is uh, a vibration energy.
2: Mm. So
1: a table a table is solid. Yeah? Cuz yeah. if you bang your fist on it, you know, hard enough or bang your head on it, it will hurt and you won't be able to go through it. It will it will stop you. Yeah. But actually it's not solid because its molecules are, are vibrating all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so, so nothing is actually solid. Everything is moving all the time. It's just that the difference in the vibration between the table and your hand that you try to push through it, well, there is a difference. They're the same, so it can't get through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you've, so it's like um, water. You can, you can dive into a swimming pool from one meter up yeah. without any difficult effects. Try and dive into that swimming pool from 400 meters up and the swimming pool will be like a brick wall.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah? So <laughs> everything is vibration and everything is moving. It's just a question of, of what its vibration is.
0: Yeah, and that's scientifically proven as well, is not it? Science says it that is. everything is energy um, at the very Yeah,
1: and, and that's not even new science, that's old science.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so everything is energy and everything is moving and nothing is still. And numbers tell us, the science of numerology, art of numerology, tells us what those vibrations are. So if you can work out the numbers of a person or the numbers of a thing, you really can work out what their vibration is, what their energy is, and therefore what energies they attract to them.
0: Okay, so each number has a specific vibration and energy. And and if you take it back even further you know they say that we choose we choose the life that we're born into we choose our as souls we choose our name and our date of birth so if you think about it from that point of view then we've chosen the numbers we've chosen this vibration for a specific reason basically
1: absolutely absolutely there's no randomness here at all uh, there is we 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 chose the parents we chose our circumstances um, and we chose the vibration to to come in at what we do after that maybe is is up to us um, although there's a you know there's a universal force guiding us as well yeah uh, but the vibrations are not random and not accidental
0: mm. so it's kind of like the so say as a soul you kind of want a specific experience out of life and you you're going to opt for a specific date of birth that will give you that resonance of that vibration that will allow you to experience this, these similar, um, energies to draw into your life basically.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. That's a good way of saying it. The the soul uh, selects, um, the best place and time, uh, and circumstances with which to do what it needs to do. Mm. And it always needs to do something specific, something particular. Um, I mean a deeper way of saying it but it, it gets a bit it gets a bit um, we're all we're all of our time so I was born in 1972 um, therefore I'm of a certain generation mm. um, and that means that I have a certain resonance with certain things because they are familiar to me and I don't have a resonance with other things
2: yeah.
1: um, so I wasn't alive on the planet in the 1960s. So I can read about the 1960s and the Beatles and Carnaby Street and all that kind of stuff. I can read about it or watch films about it, but I will never really get it because I wasn't there. Yeah. So we're all a product of our time and the numerology kind of is, is suggesting that we've got to fulfill, our life is all about fulfilling the promise of the day that we were born
0: yeah it's
1: a bit deep that but for people that are interested
0: yeah no i've also heard um i've also heard the things that have happened on the day that you're born also play into the type of person that you are or you want to be
1: absolutely absolutely and also you can take that a little bit further and you can say because of course you were born but you were uh you were conceived nine or so months before that so if you can, I mean, this is not everybody has this information, but if you could ever find out your conception date, mm. that is significant because the sort of date you were conceived mm. and then the time that you spent in the womb, and, and then the date you were born, wow. that nine months there, mm. what happened in that nine months might be very significant to your life. Mm. And I managed to find that information out and for me, I won't go into details, but for me, that is absolutely, that's absolutely on it. Really? It's, almost like, it's almost like some things happened uh, in life and the world, and then I was conceived. So
0: you were It product. would be like that for everybody. Yeah, so you were kind of like a product of that vibration of what was happening at the time when you were conceived, oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So there's loads of kids being, being conceived, never in mind born. There's loads of kids being conceived now, and the past few years that will, you know, because of and to do with the world situation. I mean, that's a bit, it's a bit deep, but it's yeah. definitely a thing.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I've heard of that as well. And also I've heard that um, while you're in the womb, you're also kind of downloading the consciousness of your parents, of your- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents. So all of that is kind of playing into into you and who you are. Wow, that's really fascinating.
1: And the conscious, all the things that are happening around, um, In the life of your parents as well so whatever whatever your parents will be watching or reading or listening to or doing it's gonna it's bound to have an effect
0: yeah yeah okay so let's talk about um, some of the things that you can find just for using numerology such as um, your weaknesses I really like this idea that you can find you know your your positives and your weaknesses and kind of try to work with them in harmony because obviously not all of us really know what our weaknesses are so if we do know them it will be i guess a lot easier to manage them
1: (laughs) sure so so the idea is is that um so i i think of a lot of things in terms of nature so the the thinking about weaknesses is really like going into the garden and pulling up weeds so my attitude is is if you pull up the weeds in the garden you don't have to do anything with the flowers. The flowers will sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is give the flowers some space and get the weeds out and the flowers will, will do their wonderfulness. Yeah. So your positive, your best self, will do, knows what to do and will do it to the max yeah. if the weeds that you have can be got rid of. Yeah. So so it's not about looking at weaknesses and, and then kind of like going into some kind of deep um, trauma about it. It's like, no, no, look, this is a thing which, which gets in the way of my growth and now I understand it and I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. Easier to said than done, of course. But, you know, that's what it's about.
0: What would be the best way, I guess, because uh, so, there's so many different things, isn't it? You can look at your, uh, your name in terms of numbers. You can look at your time of birth. What are the kind of the main things that you can comprise from... Just
1: at so there mind. is quite a lot. There is quite a lot that you can do, um, and lots of lots of um, pieces of information that you can work with. So that, that's that, To do that fully and properly is, is quite is quite in depth. But the 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 top line is is that. So the most accessible one is to look at the day, of your birth. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so the fourteenth, or the twenty seventh. Or the ninth, whatever it is, of any month. So forget the month, forget the year. Think about the day that you were born on. Um, if you were born on the eleventh, then the number is eleven, and that's a special case. Leave it at that. And if you are born on the twenty-second of any month, then twenty-two is special. So leave it at that. Yeah. But if it's any other number, then you've got to bring it down to a single number. So. If you're born on the first, that's easy, then the number is one. Yeah. If you're born on the, on the seventh, that's easy, it's seven. If you're born on the twenty-third, it's two plus three, which it's is five. five.
2: Yeah.
1: Thirty-first, three plus one is four. Mm. Yeah? Etc. etc. Yeah.
2: So, yeah? so the so the, down the down
1: number you land up yeah. with is either one through nine. Mm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 8, or nine. Or 11 or 22.
0: Yeah, but okay, 11 or 22. So why are 11 or 22 different from the
1: rest? So in lots of in the history of numerology, 11 and 22 are always recognised as as master numbers, as as higher vibrations. So whenever you've got anybody born on the 11th or born on the 22nd, and this should be this should be pretty visible in the person, there will always be an extra something to their life. People who are born on the 11th are born on the 22nd. They don't lead standard lives. Whatever else is going on with them, there's always an aspect of they do things to the extreme. 11, it, born on the 11th is normally emotional extremes. Born on the 22nd is normally uh, physical extremes. Oh, okay. But they're all... And extremes doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means that they don't lead um regular uh normal lives there's always something extra going on with them okay and it comes from the idea that um that 22 is is a very special number in numerology and 11 is half of that
0: Mm. okay and if you look at the history of numbers numbers goes way back right it's not something that kind of just appeared with the spirituality and stuff like that it goes even I think before astrology, way before astrology, right?
1: Well, uh, so yeah, I went, to a, I went to a psychic fair another time and I was having a table this time, years ago. And this woman came up to me and she said, uh, oh, what are you doing? Numerology, I said. Numerology, she replied. Whatever will they think of next? <laughs> like as if it had just been invented numerology is the oldest possible thing yeah because so go back to the to the beginnings of society the beginnings of humanity as soon as somebody was able to count that they had four goats or six cows or whatever (laughs) yeah then somebody else in the tribe was saying ah Four, that means something. Six, oh, that's not so lucky. You need to have seven. (laughs) Yeah, so somebody's been, as long as people have been counting, somebody else has been saying, ah, yes, but these these numbers that you're counting, they have a meaning. So even when people were looking up at the night sky, you know, somebody was counting, oh, there's a planet, there's a star, there's a something, there's a something, there's a something, and somebody else was saying, ah, yes, there's five of them, that means something.
0: Mm, yeah
1: so numerology is ancient
0: yeah and it goes um i mean in terms of the stuff that we study at school you know one plus one is two in the times table this is different right this is this is on a much much deeper level like the stuff that we study at school is nothing to do with numerology in in that in that sense Uh,
1: no it isn't anything to do with numerology however there's an interesting um thing that's happening now which is that So with the advent of of YouTube and things like that, you've got a lot of independent maths educators and teachers out there who are superficially just teaching kids arithmetic and, and, you know, maths problems. But it's really interesting how they talk about it. Um, And really, they won't admit it, but they're talking about numerology because they're talking about that each number has an energy and that the energy determines what you can do with that number. So, one of the most maths um, type YouTube channels out there is a, is a channel called Number File, as in PH, as in number lover. And it's all to do with maths and, sci- and the science of maths. But when you really listen to it, yeah. if you've got the slightest little bit of consciousness awareness about you, you can see that they are talking about cosmic, universal, Spiritual patterns. They don't speak in that language. They don't use those terms, but you can see it just oozes out of everything that they do. There are these patterns, and they're all to do with numbers, and numbers make certain things happen in certain ways, and other numbers don't. And you know, there's professional science geniuses out there that are basically doing numerology, but they're not calling it numerology. And they're using it to look at quantum physics and blah 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 and things like that yeah That's slightly off the track maybe but it's it's an interesting little
0: no bit. no it's really interesting i guess you, you can never really separate them isn't it because it is numbers it's numerology it's just i guess which perspective do you choose to look at the kind of more regular one or the one that goes deeper
1: yeah so a good example the simple example uh, to, to grasp it is so everybody knows who take that is yeah the yeah. band take that everybody knows who that is And this has to do with whether we like them or not we just know that once upon a the time there was five members of take that Yeah. Yeah. Then there was four members of Take That. Then there was three members of Take That. I don't know what it currently is. I'm not (laughs) that interested. But (laughs) there was five of them, then there was four of them, then there was three of them. Right? Well so what? Um but when they were five, they had a totally different vibe than when they were four.
2: Yeah. And then
1: when they were three, they had a totally different vibe again. Mm. And it's not You know, the the superficial explanation is, well, yeah, obviously, because Robbie had a deeper voice and then he left and they had to change their (laughs) vocal harmonies. That's the the muggle explanation. The Mm -hmm. deeper thing is, is that they had a different energy when there was five of them to when there was four of them to when there's three of them. And the numerology talks about the energy of it. Of the number, yeah. Another one, the Spice Girls, you know, I know it's, it's a silly example, but there used to be five Spice Girls, and now there's currently only four of them.
0: Yeah.
1: and That is a thing. It's a different vibe. It's not the same vibe. It's not the same energy.
0: Okay, so what's the energy, if you were to compare, what's the energy of five to four? What's the difference between them?
1: So five is, is always recognised as being a very expansive, uh, free number but four is a more structured and ordered number four can be a little bit a little bit oppressive and a little bit stuck and not adventurous five could be quite adventurous four not so much
0: yeah yeah would you say four is more conformist so it's not so kind of
1: Bang on four is very conformist Mm. five is about freedom four is about conformity
0: yeah, when you think about it, all the bands that were of five people, they've always kind of... Well, not all, all of them, but a lot of them have, that have made it big have always had five members.
1: There's always a vibe. The point is, it's a, it's a, it's a different vibe. It's they're just examples to see hmm. that when you change the number of people in a group, you change the energy of the group.
0: And what about things like um, specific dates of... Historic, historic dates, like 9-11, is there a meaning? Yeah,
1: to- yeah there is. Uh, yeah, there is. Big time. I mean, that's, that's going right down into another conversation, I think, really. But there is, big time, uh, a load of what look like coincidences,
2: yeah.
1: but aren't coincidences at all. Really? Um, about how the numbers basically, they basically allow you to predict what's going to happen, if you really want to do it.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: not something I recommend that you do, but it can be done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so how does free will play into this? Because if the numbers are telling you, well, this is what the energy of this particular day is going to be, how much, how much can, you, can you alter between that?
1: So free will is a thing. We have it. We can, we can alter things. But I think that in big things, we don't have much free will. I, mean, I think in national, international, global, cultural things, I don't think free will is. I, I personally don't think that free will applies. I think things happen if they're meant to happen,
0: yeah,
1: mm. um, for a reason, for a lesson. But in individual lives, I think free will is a stronger force. Yeah. So going back to the story about the, the having the reading um, and choosing to ignore it when I was younger. I, I free will chose to ignore it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get it really. I, I, could have, I could have re-listened to it and maybe I would have understood it. But, you know, I chose to not pay any attention to it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things Arthur used to say was that free will, it does exist, but really it's only ever the free will um, to get things wrong.
2: Mm.
1: It's only ever the free will to go against the guidance that you have received mm. it's a bit challenging that but he was he was quite strong about it yeah, yeah. free will is not yeah. therefore necessarily a, a, such a good thing you know we 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 choose to go against what we uh what we know we should do
0: yeah yeah and i think you described it in uh, one of your interviews as kind of like going um into the current or that kind of thing so if you're working with your number and using the best highest level of the energy that it has to offer then you're kind of going with the flow in the current
1: yeah yeah so free will is free will is um jumping in the in the river and trying to swim against the tide yeah why would you want to do it
0: <laughs> i think yeah but a lot of us do that don't we oh
1: god I, and i still do but you know why because it's crazy
0: yeah yeah okay so um tell me about some of your biggest aha moments that you've had throughout ever since you started this
1: well yeah i mean there's lots but um i suppose i suppose a big one is to is for me to realize so so why did i get into all this in the first place the Mm -hmm. reason i got into all this is because i definitely was not interested in going to church right i was not interested in going to church at all. I was very anti-church, very okay. anti-Christianity in my, in my youth and in my, in my 20s.
0: Was your family uh, quite religious or were they?
1: No, they weren't. No, they weren't particularly religious, but, but the culture of the time, you know, 1970s, 1980s, uh, it was, you know, Christianity was there as a, as a very, very central thing. Mm, yeah. um, it wasn't pushed down my throat, but it was, You know, I was, I was very, I was just instinctively against it. Yeah. Um, And I remember actually I did in my, in my youth research um, to try to learn about Islam because I was so anti-Christianity that I was interested in learning about, you know, like the opposite of it.
2: Yeah.
1: I never, I never did anything with that, but I I checked it out. So I was the weirdo reading the Quran at 14 years old. Oh, wow. In 1980, whatever. Anyway. Um, So I was dead against the church and then I was dead against all religions. And so therefore I was dead against the idea of God. Mm. Um, Because all those things go together, don't they? But then I realized, then I realized that God has got nothing to do with religions at all. Mm. In fact, if anything, religion, religion is anti-God in many ways Mm. and and that's so obvious and maybe a lot of listeners would be like yeah do I know that well great I didn't know that and then when I realized it really everything changed Uh because it was very clear that there was a higher force operating in my life and in the life of the world I could see it and in all my clients I could see it all the time Mm. but I couldn't put it in a religious context I couldn't put it in a church context yeah uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I looked at Buddhism and, and, all, and, and all alternative religions like that, and I still couldn't really get on board with it. Mm. But I then realized that I could get on board with the idea of God without
2: mm,
1: yeah. all the baggage that goes with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that
1: was, a, as, we, as they call it, a game changer for me.
0: Would you say you you think of it more as a, this intelligence because that's when I think of God, that's what I think because you know all of these things that have been created to fit so perfectly with each other and all the patterns and all the uh, parallels between everything and the synchronicities and things like that. I just think there must be this big intelligence that has come up with this. There's no way it could have just appeared out of nowhere, you know, the big bang and then all of this happened by accident. I just don't buy into that. It's, there's nothing in me that says, "Yeah, this is. Oh, we're just here by accident." It doesn't make any sense no, to me.
1: It, it doesn't make. I agree entirely. It doesn't make any sense at all. It never has made any sense that there's that there's randomness. I don't believe in randomness at all, uh, in any way. Um, to me, God is a is a living intelligence mm. um, that is. It sounds so corny, but it but that is everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, pretty much. Uh,
1: it's not over there somewhere, it's everywhere.
0: Everywhere, yeah.
1: And, um, and, in, and in fact, you know, a lot of the religions of the world, they, they do, if you really delve into them, they do kind of accept that. But the problem is, the problem I still have with religion a little bit, is that it's more about laws than it is about God. And I'm interested in God, I'm not really interested in laws. Yeah. although I understand that the laws are meant to be so that you can reach God better but I think the laws a lot of the laws are outdated and maybe never even worked in the first place
0: yeah yeah I totally agree with that so yeah. a
1: living intelligence
0: mm. yeah I definitely agree with that and I feel like yeah anything to do with the kind of the thing is I feel like there's so many things in those religions that actually they they match you know and they correlate and there are bits of things that you can kind of pick out and say yes like that feels right to me. But then they've twisted it, haven't they? They've just yeah. put their own um, sort of opinions of what, how things should be, how they should be. I mean, even with the Bible, it's been translated so many times and each time it's been done by a different person. So that means their opinion has gone into it as well, not just you know the original text. So we're essentially reading someone else's opinion of someone else's opinion of someone else's opinion of what that original message was.
1: So... And absolutely. And it's also, it's made more difficult by the fact that... Um, because the idea of God has um, has, it, it's a bit distant to a lot of people. Um, it's very hard to, when you read some of this, the religious stuff. It's very hard to get your head around it. So, for example, a, good, a classic example, although there's millions of these examples in all religions, but a classic example is in Islam, in the, in the hadith, which is not the Quran. It's the other set of teachings of of Islam. There's a quotation where. Um, it is said that every let's get this right every soul shall have a taste of death right every soul shall have a taste of death
2: yeah There's two so,
1: ways to interpret that you could interpret that in a crazy jihadi um kind of way yeah. right you could easily do that you, every soul will have a taste of death yeah but that's not what it was intended as what it was intended as was the soul um is different to the body mm. the soul comes into the body has a life in the body but then the body dies mm. Mm. the soul carries on but through the soul being in the body and then the body dying that soul had a taste of what death is all about because its body died oh, okay. so and it, then it's so then the soul goes on to something else
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah so there's two ways to interpret a lot of what is written in these um, in these texts, but yeah. we just we just don't do it. We're not. We're not. That's not taught to us.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We just choose a specific way and kind of stick with it. Um, okay. So um, let's go back to the numbers. And in terms of how, how can people live their life according to numbers? Like, what are kind of the main things you know that they can kind of use to their own to make to, to enhance their life a little bit more? So
1: the easiest way there's lots of ways to do this and really it it requires a a bit more of an in-depth conversation but an easy way an accessible way to do it is go back to this what is your day of birth number that we spoke about a minute ago so um you find out what your day of birth number is so just from the day of your birth not anything to do with your month or year so you can have and you reduce it down to a single number so you get one to nine or you get 11 or you get 22 yeah and you give each number a color and you try to introduce that color into your life more. All right? You don't be fundamentalist about it. So you don't like always only wear that color, yeah. but you make sure that you introduce that color somewhere into your life because color is a vibration as well. Mm. Right? So we'll quickly run through it and it won't take two seconds. Okay. Um, one is red. Okay. So if you're born on the first, or the 10th or the 19th of a month of the month, any month, then one is the number and red is your color. Okay. Wear more red.
2: Oh,
0: okay.
1: Two is orange. Hmm. Three is yellow. Four is green. And what some people will notice here is that we're working up, um, in, uh, Chakra the colors. Chakras. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah working yeah. upwards. So one is red, two is yellow. Uh, one is red, two is orange, three is yellow, four is green, five is blue, six is indigo. Yeah. Seven is violet. Oh,
0: violet's my favorite
1: color. Okay, no, no <laughs> What a surprise! Um, so then you've got. Then we've got a problem because what is the color of the eighth chakra? yeah is there indeed even an eighth chakra some people are not not on board with that yeah um so what's the color of eight and then what's the color of nine what we don't it? know oh, okay. so we've got to then research what or think about um so essentially with eight and nine you can you can kind of choose your own color yeah. I mean, if you, if you believe in the eighth chakra and you believe that the eighth chakra is magenta, yeah, then you go with magenta.
0: That's uh, as far as I remember, yeah.
1: Magenta. Yeah, but, but some people don't buy that. So with mm. eight and nine, you can choose your colour. With 11, it's silver. Okay. And with 22, it's gold
0: oh okay oh that makes sense okay because yeah. they, they normally use silver and gold um when they do healing and stuff isn't it so i guess that's the highest
1: higher yeah. vibrations mm.
0: oh, okay oh wow that makes a lot of sense i've never thought about that i never realized that they actually relate to colors as well but that makes a lot of sense yeah oh interesting okay I mean,
1: that's like the most basic way of, of introducing that but there's lots of other things that you could say about that yeah but basically if you bring the color closer to you if you bring the color of your number closer to you
0: mm. it's
1: going to have a positive effect because you're you're being more of your vibration
0: so um it so the reason why these particular numbers match the colors is is it because their vibration is similar so they kind of match the vibration of the number as well okay Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: if you want to be sciencey about it, it's to do with the electromagnetic spectrum, and the um, the visible light spectrum, and then the invisible light spectrum, and the, the frequency of the different colours matches uh, okay. the, the numbers. <laughs> okay, so is like it, but... a
0: logic freak, and they want the scientific explanation. That's so. That's a good way to explain it. Um, and um, in general, how have you found um, combining these two worlds? Because um, I don't know I, I found it quite difficult from the beginning especially you know going into spirituality so going from someone who was a complete non-believer not believing in anything to do with that just because mostly I wasn't really around anyone who was into this and then I kind of jumped into this um, sort of spirituality and numbers and astrology um, and I found it quite difficult especially in the beginning to combine two worlds because I guess if you're around people who are not really into this um field it's quite hard to you know because you want to talk about the things that interest you but then you don't want to seem like a crazy one uh but then in a way you have to because <laughs> how do you? Yeah. um
1: i understand no you're quite right it is a thing to me it's all about balance so i'll say something controversial i don't mean to be controversial i don't mean to be uh, uh offend anybody but i will say it because i do think it's true i think it's very difficult to be um to develop the spiritual side of yourself. If you if you only ever mix with people who are not interested in it, mm, yeah. yeah, that bit's not controversial. It's the other bit in a minute. It's going to be controversial. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to be more spiritual, you've got to find people that are on the same wavelength. Yeah. But if all you ever do is mix with people on the same wavelength, that is not good. Yeah. Because that is unbalanced. Yeah. The most the, the most The hardest people to have a proper, proper spiritually orientated conversation with are people that spend every minute of every day thinking about spiritual ideas because they don't have any check or balance in their life or their head. Yeah. In other words, we should do some spiritual stuff and then we should do some non-spiritual stuff.
0: Yeah. It almost goes into the whole escapism kind of route, doesn't it? Because... Yeah. A lot of people who go into spirituality are kind of using it to escape reality altogether because you know it's either so painful or so hurtful and they've been hurt by so many people so they just want to escape this reality and go into their own bubble but then that's not really healthy because you're still here and you're still here to experience the material world and you obviously chose that for a reason. So
1: Yeah and I was one of those people uh, so I've, I've done that. I've, I've been guilty of, of seeking the escapism but you see the reason I say it is because not everything has. Um, a spiritual explanation now it kind of does on some level but you know so for example if somebody is is coming to see you and they are and they come to see you a lot and they're always late not not like a little bit late but you know they're always mega late yeah and and their excuse is always something to do with mercury retrograde or difficult vibrations (laughs) or Bad, bad chakra alignment or whatever, then actually this lateness that they're, that they're manifesting has nothing to do with spiritual practices. It's to do with the fact... They
0: just can't take ownership of the... They
1: can't take ownership and responsibility of actually doing what they said they're going to do. There isn't, no, there isn't any spiritual explanation to that. It's yeah. that they need, to, they need to wise up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's hard. That's really hard. That's, that's a really hard thing to say and to analyze. But it's definitely a thing so if the answer is well it's nothing to do with spirituality that's wrong if the answer is it's everything to do with spirituality that's wrong yeah it's everything's a mixture
0: yeah yeah oh wow Mercury am retrograde i've never used that one before i and I, I and i do run late quite a lot of the times but that's <laughs> that's a new one
1: that's a new one yes
0: <laughs> next time but it is, and it
1: is a thing it is a thing um but it can't be a thing all the time and it can't be the only thing. Yeah. Right? So, so the classic is, uh, people don't do it to me anymore, but it has happened a lot. The classic is where people um, will make appointments and then not turn up. Oh. Or, um, like, you know, text one minute before the appointment and say, oh, you know, I'm not coming. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and then put it on, blame it on, um, the traffic at the end of their street is horrendous or the the bus has been cancelled and therefore it's not meant to be. Now, maybe, maybe that's true. But if that's happening all the time, there's something else going on here and it's nothing to do with it's not meant to be. It's to do with the fact that actually you didn't leave on time, did you? Or, you know, you didn't get up or whatever. You know, there's another reason.
0: It's just a straight up, yeah, explanation of, no, this is... Yeah. So,
1: so in order to do all this stuff, I think you have to be living in both of those worlds. Mm. And, it, and and we think, well, I don't want to live in both worlds. I, w- I just want to live the spiritual life. But but, and that's okay. But in the spiritual life, it does mean that if you said ten o'clock, you have to turn up at ten.
0: Yeah.
1: And and because, anyway, and if you said you were going to do X, you have to do X because yeah. that's that's an honouring then of the other person. Yeah. And we can't find lots of excuses and reasons why, oh no, you know, I, I couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's also down to do with integrity, isn't it? You have to have that integrity within you yeah. to commit to what you've promised this other person. So that's not spiritual if you don't, you know, if you don't do it at the end. So it's not just, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people fall into this trap of, oh no, I, yeah, like for example, yeah, if there was traffic somewhere and they, and they just think, oh, this is the universe's way of telling me I shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, no, you listen to your own, intuition about whether you're meant to be doing this or not. And then you look at the signs. Whereas a lot of people do it the other way around. They look at the signs and the external, and then they kind of check in with themselves, even if they do that at the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. signs could be a bit, signs can be a bit dangerous. Signs are definitely part of, of the path, but the danger with sign, the danger with relying on signs, you know, I'm looking for sign as to what to do, is that often we only see what we want to see.
0: Mm yeah exactly
1: yeah
0: tell me about your daily routine and and what how you start your day
1: so i am a bit hardcore i suppose uh well i don't think that i am but other people have said that i am (laughs) in that i think it is important to start the day as you mean to go on and i think that i think that often a day the course of a day is it can be a downhill um slide so if you don't start it well, you you can struggle to get through the day. Sometimes you can struggle to remain positive and do what you need to do. So I think it's really important. So I always start the day with um, some movement, meditation, and you know solid, proper, healthiest breakfast that can possibly be. Mm. And you know there's a million excuses and reasons why I, why for me not to do those things. Yeah but I've noticed over time that if I don't do those things, then there's a problem.
0: Mm.
1: So, so, um,
0: how do you, what do you feel if you don't do it? What signs do you Right. Get?
1: So people will, so people will say, um, so people will come to me and they're having all sorts of difficulties and, and I will know that they have got a meditation practice because I've spoke to them before. They have a meditation practice, which they do.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and I will say, Okay, so you're not feeling, you're not in a good place. Have you been doing your meditation? No, I haven't been doing my meditation. (laughs) So that's why you're not in a good place. Mm. Um, But then it's really difficult because if they've gone into the bad place, whatever the bad place is for them, uh, you know, whether they're, maybe it's mental health or or maybe just they're demotivated or they just can't be bothered or they don't see the point of things. Yeah. Uh, Once they've got into that space, doing the meditation or whatever their practice is to get them out of that was too late, Um, too late. Yeah. The purpose of meditation and the daily practice, whatever it is for the person is not to dig us out when we get into bother. It's to make sure we don't get into bother in the first place.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: So what tends to happen for me is that if I'm not on it in terms of my, um, mindfulness meditation movement, getting myself, you know, Space. straight for the day yeah. then actually on day one where i don't do that it doesn't matter on day two maybe it doesn't matter but then by day three or day four or day five if i've missed all of those yeah. actually i'm completely all over the place
2: yeah
1: and actually i can't even remember that it's that it's due to the fact that i don't that i haven't done my practice
0: yeah it's only when you think back and you realize oh okay i haven't done it for five days and then you- it makes you know, it and
1: it's really important to keep your practice varied whatever your practice is it's important to vary otherwise it just gets too it's too heavy then
0: yeah
1: so you've got to keep it moving mm-hmm. but you but we've got to do I think you have to do something I think you have to do something at the start of the day um the 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 teachings are uh, this is just what I read once the teachings are that um, the soul is at its weakest at the start of the day Oh. It's not at its strongest; it's at its weakest. Okay. So we have to give it a boost at the start of the day,
0: okay? Yeah,
1: uh, to to get it in the right shape to be able to deal with the day
0: for the whole day. Yeah, mm. yeah. I've noticed that sometimes when I wake up and I'm I'm in a bad mood, and if I don't fix it at that point in the morning, then just the whole day just goes to shit. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of weird.
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, that's
2: that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what's the uh, practical exercise that you can give audience that they can maybe integrate into their lives, into their daily routine?
1: Well, look, I mean, everybody's got either a meditation practice or if they haven't, they've got access to one. So there isn't anything that can be said with, you know, do this meditation practice because it's better than the others. That's not the, that's not going to help. Yeah. Um,
0: what about the folding the hands one, the one that you mentioned?
1: Yeah. So... So back in the idea of of numerology being addition and subtraction, Mm. so that connects us into the idea that that life is positive and negative. And I don't mean good and bad as such. That's a different conversation. But there's definitely positive active forces and negative um, more passive forces, if you like. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Masculine feminine, if you like. Mm. Um, Up and down, if you like so one of the ideas is is that we're we're all running um electricity and magnetism we're all running electromagnetic forces through our body all the time 24 7
0: yeah
1: and when that gets out of whack when it's too much electricity or too much magnetism then we're out of kilter we're out of balance and that's when problems come so too much electricity is too much activity is is burnout is burnouts and breakouts and, and exhaustion. And too much magnetism is, um, is too much passivity, is too much, uh, oh, I can't, be, you know, I can't be doing with it, I can't be bothered. Yeah. So we want the balance. And what, the old trick that I was taught is that the balance comes from folding your hands, mm. which is crazy talk, because like, how can that possibly do anything? But actually, when we're doing all this it's electricity yeah when we're not doing anything it's magnetism here it's both so it's like if we're an electromagnetic like current yeah here we close the circuit Mm. and the energy then is not flying off everywhere it's it's contained Um, it's no accident i think that that is obviously a prayer position
2: yeah but i
1: don't mean it in that way I mean it in the electromagnetic get-your-energy-under-control kind of way.
2: Yeah, And that,
1: sitting like that for a few minutes in the morning, gets our our energy in check and in balance Mm. before the day begins.
0: Oh, wow. So do you think that's where the prayer uh, comes from, the putting the hands together in the prayer?
1: I do. I can't prove it, but I do think that's where it comes from, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh wow, yeah, because there must be a reason why they've kind of chosen it to be like that.
1: Yeah, it is, it is the, an earthing, it is, a, um, it is a balancing of the positive and the negative, the electricity and the magnetism. And and actually, you can test it for yourself. If, you, if you're feeling um, stressed and anxious throughout the day, then 60 seconds of that, not, you know, it doesn't have to be matched with any particular thoughts, just, just a kind of, I'm closing the circuit of my energy. My energy is more calm here. You'll yeah. see the effect.
0: Yeah. No, actually, I did try it yesterday and, and I felt a lot calmer after like five minutes of doing that. Yeah. I never, I never mm. noticed it before because you never really see it.
1: Yeah, it's such a tiny thing. So not hours or anything like that and not even maybe five minutes, maybe just, you know, a few minutes. Yeah. But, but regularly, it's definitely a thing. It's, a, it's such a silly little thing, but I'm very interested in I've always been interested in silly little things that other people overlook. Yeah. I think contain very, very powerful secrets and practices.
0: Yeah, totally, because those are sometimes the very things that make a huge difference, isn't it, when you add them all together. Yeah. So um, I just want to finish, there's a sentence that you mentioned somewhere that I really, really, really resonated with me and it just stuck in my head, and I just want to read it out. Um, and it's basically, um, numbers are energies, if you're aware of them you direct them if you're not aware of them they direct you mm. i love that
1: <laughs> yeah it's true i mean to, to fully understand how they direct you we have to know a little bit more about the numbers and the calculations but it's definitely true
0: mm. yeah i can totally see that in my own life um how if you don't take charge of your own energy of of your own kind of things and weaknesses and positives and everything then they totally just, you know, over, overrun you and start dictating your life, and you just, it just goes berserk, basically. Yeah. So
1: you, you have to run your own energy. You have to understand what your own energy is, but you have to run your own energy, or it will always run you. And that, when it runs you, that's when all sorts of difficulties occur.
0: Mm. Yeah. And when I think about all the kind of spiritual practices, a lot of people who are, you know, very much aware of this and how other energies affect them. They will never leave a practice before kind of, you know, they call call it closing down or grounding or closing their energy so that they don't have anything interfering with their energy. So that makes a lot of sense that um, people do that because you don't. Yeah,
1: it does. That's excellent. Yeah. That's, that's really good because really at the end of every interaction that you have with somebody, um, I mean, you know, maybe in like everyday life, buying a cup of coffee, maybe you wouldn't do it, but anything that's, that's meaningful or there's been any, real exchange of energy yeah um if you just say right bang done that's it you know you and you wrench your energy away from it you know that's a bit that's a bit like ripping a plaster off kind of thing (laughs) it's much better to conclude it and say okay you know we're done thank you very much Mm. and then the energy can be separated more more smoothly
0: more evenly yeah yeah totally Okay. Well, wow. Uh, that was such a fascinating, uh, interview. i just, I loved everything that we covered. It, it, I mean, it goes so much more than numbers, isn't it? The, Cause it's, numbers. is just in everything. So, um, God, you are just like a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <There's so
1: much
0: laughs> Obviously yeah, more, more accurate in a more, more mo-
1: reliable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: is there anything else that you want to finish off with that you maybe want to let, um, people know about or, um, Sort of like a last advice.
1: Well, um, when something is interesting, um, whatever it is, then it's your soul telling you that you'll be good at it. So a lot of people will know that, but a lot of people will then second guess it and say, well, I'm really interested in ABC, but there's no money in it, so there's no point me doing it. Forget that second part. If you're interested in ABC, then your soul is saying you'll be good at it. So investigate it, whatever it is. Go with where your interests are and worry. I know it's easy to say, but worry about the success of it later on.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think a lot of people come to the conclusion as well, either later on in their life or earlier on in their life. But at some point, everyone reaches this kind of crisis point if they haven't if they haven't followed their what excites them or what makes them really interested in something, then they'll definitely have a um, like a turning point where they'll realise they haven't actually been living their life to their fullest.
1: Yeah, and the, the sooner when that happens, it's uh, it can be painful, but it's a wonderful thing because um, all things become possible after that.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, and uh, people can also find you on your website, which is the dot that
1: 's right yes
0: yeah and also I know you 're not a big social media fan, but um, is there any anywhere else where you can where people can uh,
1: yeah i 'm not a big social media fan mm-hmm. although i 'm playing with instagram but yeah i'm not i 'm just playing with it so yeah. The, yeah. the website is the place to be the
0: website okay so thehermitage.org.uk and uh, yeah, you've also written some uh, really amazing books that we have to talk about the next time around. Um, I, one of them is called Great Britain, The Secret Destiny of the British Isles. Can you tell us just a little bit what that's about?
1: It's about how the things that are going on in Britain at the moment are the latest chapter in a very long story and that we are approaching um, a, what we would call uh, a national reset moment Mm. and that depends on your attitude that is either absolutely awful and terrible and the worst thing ever or depends on your point of view uh it's like a new beginning and a fresh start Mm. whatever we think about it it's definitely coming there's no doubt about it and i said all this before the referendum in 2016 oh wow but before the referendum in 2016 i said in the book that it would be a vote to leave and that we would leave. And it wasn't whether we should, it was just that we would. um, And that various other things would happen and it's all come to pass and it's all through numerology.
0: Wow, so you predicted that we'll leave the EU. I
1: did, Mm -hmm. it's in the book.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, Richard, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have another one where we focus more in depth on some of the other topics that we've mentioned today. So um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time and
1: Great to great to talk to you. Yeah, no problem at all and see you again another time.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. Thank you.